Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. This episode of Untold Physio Stories is sponsored by Edge Mobility System. Edge Mobility System is your online site for everything a PT, OT, DC, MT, ATC, or Fitness Pro would need. Get certified in blood flow restriction therapy or training online. Check out our full modern manual therapy seminars, ISTM toolkit, edge suspension trainer, portable tables, and more. Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to edgemobsys.com. That's E-D-G-E-M-O-B-S-Y-S.com slash untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Did you know that you have less than 10 seconds to capture someone's interest in your website before they click away? How about the fact that most people are accessing your website from their phone? Save thousands and get a fully mobile, appealing, and SEO-optimized website linked to your social media, email list, and Google My Business. All for one low price and no monthly fees. Why not keep doing what you do best in your business and allow us to handle the tech side? Let's get started. Find us at edgehealthandtech.com. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, and my co-host, Dr. Andrew Rothschild, is back. So today we have uh, part one of we don't know how many episodes um, (laughs) of an interesting case that Andrew has been teasing every time I speak with him for over a month. So uh, what do you have for us today, Andrew? Well, let me start off by saying... um that you know SI joint pain SI joint dysfunction is one of those sort of hot button topics in physical therapy and there's those therapists that are like everything is SI joint and then there's therapists on the opposite end of the spectrum probably where I probably sit where very little is SI joint um and there's probably I know the research is about 13% of cases low back pain is SI joint related um, but you know, in the sort of the absence of a major trauma or postpartum, those kinds of things, I, I tend to really, um, not consider SI joint and maybe I'm sure I've missed a few cases, uh, over, over my career. I mean, know what the research says about it in terms of evaluating for it, that the motion and palpation tests are pretty much garbage on uh, the best things are the pain provocation test. There's been a couple different studies. And especially if you do sort of a lumbar repetitive movement screen, that certainly improves the diagnostic um, utility of those tests. Um, So this patient I have uh, currently is a woman in her late 20s. She is a manager at a restaurant, like a restaurant manager. Uh, She has a young child, I think about two years old, so the mechanism of injury was she slipped and fell down the stairs, landing uh, sort of on her on her rear end, um, more on that left side. And she initially presented, um, she couldn't barely 
put weight. She was like a week or two out from the initial injury. She could barely put weight on her left leg, and she came in without any assistive device, no cane, no walker, nothing like that. She was just dragging her leg. Uh, she had shooting pain kind of all the way down the leg, uh, down to the ankle, sort of in a um, you know L5, S1 distribution. Really could not do a good assessment because she was still just in a significant amount of pain. So really getting a lot of you know false positive information from her from any any type of movement test. She really could not tolerate sitting. She had to sit way over on her right side. She couldn't even sit on her left side. She couldn't obviously stand without you know. She couldn't put any weight on her left side. She had trouble. You know she couldn't lie on her back. It was it was too painful. So really, really she had so much trouble maneuvering around. So we really did, wasn't able to do a whole lot. Uh, for the first couple of really only lying on her right side was the really the only position um, she could tolerate. So I, I kind of did a neuro screen in that position. I tried to do just a standard, you know, just spine movement assessment to see what she could even tolerate and pretty much, you know, everything, everything was painful. But she certainly had some loss of strength um, in sort of with eversion of the foot, dorsiflexion of the foot. Um, she had sort of increased sensitivity with light touch and with pinprick in that sort of L5 distribution. She wasn't having back pain, though. It was really, you know, centered around sort of her buttock, um, hip, SI uh, type area. Um, and I you know I didn't even consider, to be honest, I didn't really even consider SI joint at that time. You know, it kind of made sense where she hit and where she kind of landed sort of that in it wasn't right it wasn't on the sacrum but it was kind of in between that in between area between the the hip and 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 the sacrum and you know maybe she from a blunt force trauma inflammation uh soft tissue irritation could it have affected maybe some you know where the nerve roots are kind of crossing in that area did it affect a nerve root um initially and uh you know, she was under the care of a primary care doctor, and then also she was, you know, she was seen an orthopedist. And the orthopedist she saw was a spine doctor. And I was, I wasn't uh, the big thing I was concerned about. Partly was did she is there some sort of stress fracture in the pelvis, um, especially because she couldn't tolerate weight bearing or sitting even after you know a first couple of weeks. The, really, the first thing we started with, the only thing that she could really do because she. I basically did the equivalent of like a slump test in sideline, and that really lit everything up. So really what we started with was and she, she couldn't tolerate touch, I mean, not touching her anywhere back, posterior hip, thigh, you know, completely uh, allodynia. Um, so really just almost like a sideline, sciatic nerve gliding type thing was really the only thing we could do. And she was able to do it, and that actually would help settle things down a little bit. She could do that at home. That was kind of what I did uh, the first day, and really all she could really tolerate. Um, you know, tried to get her maybe see if she could do quadruped, you know, stuff. Really couldn't even put weight through her, through her, her femur even on that side, um, on the left side. So that's kind of what we did, and then it was a lot of talking and a lot of you know reassurance and education and, and these kinds of things, and try to figure out. Obviously, because she works as a restaurant manager, she's on her feet all day. First thing, you know, suggested you know, how, to, how to use a cane around the clinic, which she was really grateful for. It really seemed to help. She could tolerate loading and walking a whole lot better with using a cane. So she ended up getting a cane. Um, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, we're still kind of doing, really still can't tolerate 
know, little sitting is a little bit getting better. Standing's a little getting better, but she really still can't tolerate a lot of stuff. Finally got her into prone and she could tolerate prone. Prone seemed to be well tolerated. And so I almost had to do like, not really a press up, but more of a prop where she can kind of prop up. Matt seemed to also give her a little bit of back pain, but was calming down her, you know, ridiculous type symptoms. Um, she started to get a little bit stronger. Dorsiflexion started to get a little bit stronger. Evers started to get a little bit stronger. The sensitivity started to calm down. Um, and then even a few more weeks, you know, the, 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 the pain started getting a lot more localized into more just in the hip and less in sort of the buttock SI area, less out of the leg. So it took a, things took a weird turn when she started, she saw the, like I said, she saw the spine orthopedist, which I really wasn't thrilled about because I really didn't think it was a spine issue. Um, and then in terms of just from a bias standpoint, she ended up getting an injection. I thought it was a spine injection, but she told me just later, uh, I, was, I was mistaken, it was a SI injection. But she got an injection. A day or two later, she ended up having uh, loss of bowel and bladder. And she went into the she went to the ER with loss of bowel and bladder, and she started vomiting blood. During this time, uh, she was also taking excessive ibuprofen and Tylenol, and I had pleaded with her to stop taking so much because she was way, taking way too much. But that was the only thing that was giving her any kind of relief. She ended up having two gastric ulcers and was going into liver failure. And so she was in the hospital for a number of days. And then the day she was going to be, did, I was communicating, I was texting with her while she was in the hospital. And they really never came up with a, I guess, that she mentioned a reason for the loss of bowel and bladder. I mean, you and I can probably guess what it might have been. Um, some either injection in the wrong place, leaked somewhere, somehow got something within the nerve roots, caught a quina type situation. Um, and, you know, whatever might have happened. Um, and then the day she was going to be discharged from the hospital, her left leg completely buckled on her and she fell and hit her head on the sink. And so she was right back in the hospital. Um, <laughs> I, I just have to, um, I know we've been talking about this case for a while, but all the uh, the complications from the injection yeah. Was that recent or was this like, oh, this is ongoing, this is ongoing, this is ongoing? Because I remember, I don't know, I wasn't expecting it to go here at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this this happened. So it, right, it was, you know, um, it was a few, it was several weeks ago when, when this happened. So, it, you know, I, I'd seen her for about three or four weeks. Then she got the injection and then she ended up in the hospital. And so that was that was just at that, you know, it, her bowel bladder function is fine now. It was just lost. Um, at that, it was just lost, uh, for several days in the hospital and then it kind of returned. And then, yeah, so then she was back in the hospital after hitting her head that cleared up. She had to be, um, then she ended up, she ended up getting colitis, like ulcerative colitis as a result, cause she was got put on a blood thinner. And then, then obviously the complications with her gastric ulcers and all this stuff. And then she had a blood clot and she got, that's why she got put on the blood thinners and she had colitis. So she'd been in the hospital three times over the course of like three weeks, three, essentially like three different hospitals as well. And then one day when she came back, this is the interesting one day when she came back, 
it was one of those things like when she was standing and like, again, just, she's getting better. She really was getting better. Symptoms are more localized. She can tolerate sitting better. She can, she can tolerate different positions a little bit better. She can tolerate standing a little bit better, but still she has to use a cane. I kind of did like a manual, like pelvic, you know, from the old school compression test in standing. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, that feels so much better. I can, I can stand. I feel so much better standing. She can kind of bend forward and lean back a little bit while I maintain that kind of manual compression. I was like, man, maybe this, I totally missed something as maybe being an SI issue. And so I put on, I found like, I didn't have an SI belt, but I found like a, just a old school, you know, lumbar compression belt and just wrapped it around her pelvis. And she was like, oh my God, it was like instant relief. And she kind of like burst into tears and was able to tolerate that standing and, and so much better. Um, and so she ended up getting an SI belt. Matt's been doing a whole lot better. And that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, and so the, the, my, for my thing is like, I, you know, I not considered SI joint as being part of the issue, even though the mechanism of injury certainly makes sense, the location of symptoms, but it was so in the beginning, because there was just so much going on. It was so sensitive. She couldn't tolerate, they couldn't do a lot of testing because I really couldn't tolerate it. And she couldn't get into certain positions. And I you know, couldn't, it was so many, everything was painful at the time and she had initially severe sort of ridiculous type symptoms, which did resolve. I didn't even get to that evaluative stage of being able to test certain things. Um, but it's one of these cases where I think this is a true SI joint issue, did seem to be some initial nerve root involvement. And then now we have all these things that got complicated on top of it with all these, um, with the medical side of things. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I stand on the very few cases are SI uh, because my mostly because of my McKenzie background and I've read all those studies. I I would say it's less than ten percent. Um, you said thirteen percent. I would say true SI is less than ten percent, and it, it it does have to have all those things. Yeah. The trauma, but just based upon her symptoms and it being ridiculous, especially um, you know if it's true ridiculous and not referred, and it right. does go below the knee into like an L5 S1 dermatome, I would also probably have not considered SI. The yeah. only thing. In hindsight, right, it's it's the trauma that makes you think right. that. But the trauma could have could have irritated her SI and also her nerve root just by unilaterally falling on one side. And I think that's probably what th would have thrown me off as well. Um, I don't even know if you definitely managed incorrectly because if she was seeing you when it was acute, I mean, would she have been able to tolerate compression? We don't know, right? Oh yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, it might have gotten to that point, but um, I don't even know if you listened to this, but I did a podcast with Dana where I had a patient, super high-end athlete. Um, she's a PT as well. She had been told SISISI, always out of place, weak core, this and that. Meanwhile, she's mm -hmm. like a super high-end athlete. She's right. been seeing other PTs in Kairos for years. I basically got her better in a couple of visits with repeated motions. She comes to see me every time she has issues but since she's actually taken my course recently she almost doesn't even need me anymore she just kind of needs to go over like what she thinks she needs to do uh but she had a major injury where she fell off her bike racing and i just thought hey you know she meets the patterns let's try with repeated motions and uh she tried it for several days um it was only local she didn't have any ridiculous pain but then she's like are you sure it's not SI? sure it's not SI? i'm like well why don't you try this and it was an exercise i used to give for like a posterior rotated ilium it's almost like a pri based type exercise she said oh that helped i said okay well um you know if you have a gait belt 
uh, why don't you just try wrapping that around your pelvis? And she said instantly helped. So I gave her a link to my edge stability belt, which I sell, which is like an SI belt that's actually so uh, thin that it can go underneath clothes. So she said it immediately gave her help. And then she kind of, I don't really know the tone of it by the text, but I felt like she kind of reamed me out. Like, why didn't you do this in the first place? <laughs> You know, and it was my same bias, you know, not yeah. only did she always respond to repeated motions, but every other time she wasn't SI, but I kind of missed the huge trauma to one leg falling off a bike, you know, right. um, and, and, that, and that was the key, I think, similar to your case, except yeah, for without and, all the crazy complications. Right. No kidding. Yeah, I don't even when I look back, I don't think I you know, didn't. I would have handled it any differently just because of the severity of her symptoms and her intolerance with so other positions, and you know, not being able to actually do a full, thorough exam from a testing standpoint. But oh yeah, the, just the fact that I didn't consider SI for several weeks makes you know just it sort of just it was a reminder, like hey, just because I, I don't think I see this a lot, and I agree with you in terms of the prevalence. I just know what the research had said about thirteen to fifteen percent, but I do agree that it's probably a lot less than that. Um, and just sort of my bias sort of against it that, you know, once in a while, these things, these things will come up and it's good to keep those things in the back of our minds just so we don't, you know, that we don't miss something. Um, and for that patient, uh, that really, that can, that can benefit from those things. But yeah, this is definitely a, a unique case. And I, um, as a preview for part two, I, I had tweeted a thread about, uh, this, the next part, uh, yesterday or the day before about one of our treatment sessions and, and sleep. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes and uh, we'll catch you up in maybe like a week or two and, and uh, when you have more info. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Andrew. Absolutely, thank you. And uh, remember to check out Andrew's Modern Patient Education Seminar. It's 50% off on Edge Mobility System. Or you can go to theeclecticapproach.com and check out all of our online seminars, which are 50% off during the pandemic. Have a great day. You too. Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors, so one month with each mentor four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q&As every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool our edge restriction system BFR cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Modern Strike Training BFR certificate. Uh, I hope to see you at a live eclectic approach course soon. That's modern manual therapy um, in US, Canada, and South America. And uh, make sure to rate Untold Physio Stories five stars on Apple Podcasts. You could also subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And as always, you guys have an awesome day.